Do you have a true scary story you want to send my way? Go to asthravendreams.com slash submit or check the links down below. And of course, thank you. For some very top-down level background into myself and how I am as a person, I'm currently a 26-year-old male in a small town in the southern Midwest. When I was around 20, I attended a university that shall remain nameless, and I was 100% the kind of guy you didn't want to have at your parties, because I would drink too much and make an absolute ass of myself in front of quite literally everyone. And yes, for the record, I am fully aware that I should not be proud of this behavior, and I am not proud of it. It was stupid. I was a stupid kid. I did stupid stuff. I'm no longer that person, and I learned very quickly that being that person was a quick path to either prison or the morgue. I had been to a number of parties over the years that I was like this, but Halloween, it was honestly the epitome of college party season. Halloween parties allow you a certain sense of anonymity. You can go to the party, have one hell of a time with a bunch of people, and not even know who half the people were. There's just something about getting together with a couple dozen people playing a bunch of really campy, cheesy Halloween songs way too loud, and getting absolutely hammered. Something that makes me think that I was an absolute dumbass back then, and I would absolutely never ever do it again. The third Halloween party that I had attended it was actually one of my last parties while I was at uni, and for a good reason. It started like probably every other Halloween party. A friend of mine had an empty house, a bunch of alcohol, and a group of rowdy people that wanted to forget literally everything, if only for the night. This particular year, Halloween was actually on a Friday night, so that was an even bigger plus. I decided I was going to go as a zombie, and though my makeup job was way beyond amateur, I thought it looked pretty decent for what I was going for. Once I was satisfied that I looked sufficiently dead, I hopped on my bike and headed over to my buddy Jason's house. At that point, I think it was around 6pm, so no one was really there yet, but we assumed that the crowd would filter in within the next couple hours. Since I was early, I helped Jason set up the tables get everything set up for people, and made sure that we were stocked on drinks and ice. We got everything ready, and, as expected, around 8pm the crowd actually started filtering in, and the party started going off. It was a great time, and a lot of friends showed up that I hadn't seen for a while. The costumes were awesome, even though it was just a dumb house party, some people went all out and dressed up in full garb. Some others just showed up in their street clothes, but that was fine. There was one couple that showed up that dressed up as the Joker and Harley Quinn from Batman. 
they actually looked pretty good. Even though it was the Suicide Squad version, which, in my opinion, are the worst versions. Even with that being my opinion, these two looked really good in their getups, and I actually spoke with them some during the party. I learned that they were a legit couple, and that they were friends of the friend that was throwing the party, Jason. I thought that was pretty cool, and I'm always up for getting to know new people. All that said, the party was a bit intense, and I did my stupid thing, which was me drinking way too much and hitting a level of blackout drunk. I don't remember a good amount of that party, to be completely honest with you, but I do remember some of it. The reason that this became one of my last parties was actually what occurred the next morning. As stated, I was blackout level drunk, and as such, I was not about to bike the few miles home, and I really don't think I physically would have managed to make it a block. Because of this, and because the person throwing the party was one of my best friends, I planned to just crash in his spare bedroom, which was a small room off to the side of the living room with an old couch. That room is actually where I woke up, but it's the how I woke up that was the problem. I was sleeping peacefully on the couch, and I woke up to an incredibly sharp pain on my chest. It was a shocking pain, like completely unexpected and almost cold, and it made me jump out of a deep sleep. When I did, and when my eyes opened up, I realized that I was being held down by someone. They were holding my head down and covering my mouth. It took me a few minutes to actually come fully back to the conscious world and realize what the hell was going on. As my vision came back to me, and I actually became awake, I realized that the person holding me down was the Joker, or more so the guy that was dressed as the Joker at the party. This guy was holding my head in place and blocking my mouth, all the while staring at me like an absolute psycho. He had a full-on grin going as he kept eye contact, and I don't think he even blinked. I started looking around, and then realized the situation with the pain. The Harlequin person that was with him last night was actually cutting me with a pocket knife. It wasn't a large knife or anything like that, it was more like a Swiss army knife, and she was using the small saw to cut me. The whole situation, it only took a couple minutes, but the whole time the Joker is staring at me with his smile and the Harley is cutting me while chuckling quietly. When she was done, she looked up and told him to grab it and go, which I didn't understand at first. I realized only about ten minutes later that they had stolen my wallet. Obviously, I was freaking out in my head. What the hell was going on that whole time? Why had they chosen me for this weird stunt? And what the hell was Harley cutting me for? I got up and I walked over to the bathroom and looked in the mirror. She had seriously carved ha-ha into my chest, just below my left pectoral. I then went over to Jason's room and I shook him awake, 
telling him that I was robbed and cut. Once he finally came to, and I explained the situation to him for a second time, he told me that he had no idea that those two people were. I mentioned that they had told me they were friends of his, and he then told me that they told him they were friends of mine. My guess is that they told him this after they had met me. This was literally the only time we saw them at a party. They didn't attend the university, and they never came to any of the house parties after this. Like I said, this was one of the last parties that I personally attended, and I think it was probably the last time that I got that drunk. I was also a lot more picky about who I spoke to at social events. So, Joker and Harley Quinn, I hope you and I never meet again. And I hope you know that I still have that stupid ha-ha scar on my stomach, so thanks for that. This took place back on the night of Halloween quite a few years ago. Back then, my friends and I liked to go to abandoned places and do our version of Ghost Hunters. This was back when they were in full swing on A&E, and we were just a bunch of edgy teens. To best explain who we were, we were the group of teenage kids that dressed in all black, wore black eye makeup, and thought that we were part of the occult. When in reality, we just really liked horror movies and craved outsider attention. That's right, I said it. I was a bit of an attention seeker back in high school, and part of being an attention seeker was me doing stupid things that might get me in trouble with the law. These stupid things included, but were not limited to, sneaking out in the middle of the night, drinking at the park while being terribly underage, and breaking into those old buildings that were all marked very specifically with do not enter and no trespassing signs. So, that all in mind, you can imagine how much we loved Halloween and everything involved with it. I'm pretty sure I went as Lestat de Lioncourt three times in my teenage years. Even though I was a fairly skinny, four and a half foot tall girl with black hair, and I genuinely looked nothing like Tom Cruise. I'm sure Anne Rice would have been ashamed of the mockery I had created of her character. Anyways, this was one of those years where I went as a female Lestat, and my friends all went as ravers and demons. And because it was Halloween, my one friend, Josie, insisted that we had to go somewhere and do a seance. Again, we were those dark and broody kids that thought a seance was just us sitting around in a circle and talking crap to a ghost until something happened to make us freak out and make me or Josie cry. When my friend Casey heard her say this, he perked up and said that he knew the exact place where we should go. So, the five of us got into his car, and he started heading out of town to what honestly looked like the middle of nowhere. While we were on the road, I asked him where exactly it was he was taking us, and he mentioned that 
there was an old private school that had been shut down in, like, the 60s that was about half an hour out of town. He then started telling the story about how the headmaster was apparently abusing the children, and a significant number of them had actually died from the abuse. And he then started saying that he had heard it was haunted by all the lost souls of the children. Looking back, he was pulling this whole story out of his rear end. But back then, I was 16, and thought that Casey was the most amazing person in the world. Yeah, teenage crush and all that. So, after driving for a while, Casey pulls his car off to the side of the road and parks. And sure enough, a bit up a dirt road was a large building that I assumed was the old private school. He said this was as close as we were going to be able to get with the car because of the fence, so we were going to have to hike the rest of the way. There's nothing quite like a group of five teenagers in trip pants and dumb goth costumes walking down a dirt road towards a large and very old, very dilapidated building. I'm sure we were a sight to behold. We got up to the front of the building, and much to our surprise the door was actually unlocked. There weren't any boards over the doors. The windows looked to be in decent condition, minus a few of the ones on the bottom floor having boards over them, probably because stupid kids like us broke in. We walked in the front door, and right from the beginning, I was feeling nervous. I think it was partially from the breaking and entering slash trespassing, but this place was seriously creepy. It was dark, it was cold, and it had the most horrid stale water smell that I had ever experienced. There was even a slight hint of backed-up sewage in the mix. So, obviously, from the first step into the building, I was ready to go. But Casey and Josie were absolutely ecstatic to be doing this, so I followed along. The two of them said that they could feel an energy coming from upstairs, so they led us up to the second floor and into what looked like an infirmary. Then Josie said that we all needed to huddle up and close our eyes to contact the lost souls in the room. I nervously agreed, and the five of us all got in close. Hindsight makes me realize now how cringy this really was, but also how dangerous this was. We had no idea what was in this building, and I don't know when my last tetanus shot was, so one wrong move and I was going to have a bad time. When we all got in and had our arms over each other's shoulders, Josie started talking to the spirits, asking them to show themselves to us, to which there was no response. No sounds, no spooky voices, nothing. This just made her say it more forcefully, and she repeated that she demanded the spirits to show themselves. After the second or third time of her shouting it, I heard something that sounded like footsteps coming from a bit down the way. I opened my eyes and glanced around, but the rest of the group was still eyes closed and listening. Since they had seemingly ignored it, I just leaned my head back down and pretended to not hear it. Here's where things got spooky and almost humorous. 
After Josie's continued request for the spirits to talk to us, Casey started grunting and saying something under his breath. Then Josie started talking to him frantically, asking him if he was okay, if the spirits were using him to communicate. All that good, creepy stuff. Casey then rolled his eyes back and started speaking in a very deep and mum tone, claiming that he was a student of the school and that we needed to get out for our own safety. He then basically started snarling and growling at us. If you're sitting there thinking that this sounds very fake and acted out, you would be correct. It was very theatrical and not very well acted by Casey, but it was scaring the hell out of us at the time. So, if that's what they were wanting to do, then they were succeeding. That is, of course, until the real resident of the abandoned school showed up. And no, I don't mean some spirits or demon or whatever. I mean a five-foot-something scraggly old man with what seriously looked like a hatchet. Apparently, our seance had interrupted this homeless and rather terrifying man's sleep, and he seriously ran into the room with his weapon held high, all the while screaming something that I could not discern. Thinking back, I remember Casey going from possessed and threatening us as the spirit to screeching like a prepubescent little girl in a second flat as he stumbled out of the room. Though, in his defense, it was terrifying and we were all running like hell. We made our way out of the room and down the stairs to the front door and gathered ourselves, mostly because the crazy man had stopped chasing us. After catching our breath, Josie pretty much said screw it and walked out. The rest of us followed her. When we got back to Casey's car, he turned back and told us that we weren't allowed to tell anyone what had happened, and that we needed to just keep our mouths shut and forget all about it. I think part of him was ashamed of how scared he got, and how he pretty much got called out by the axe-wielding homeless man as being the fake that he was. But we all agreed and moved on. We didn't do much hanging out after that. We kind of all went our separate ways and grew up. I was no longer interested in doing any sort of urban exploration, and I think I fell out of my crush with Casey that night. He and Josie ended up getting together and moving away after she graduated anyways. So, yeah, that was the freakiest thing that ever happened to me on Halloween. Sorry it didn't end with us being haunted or attacked by a spirit, but hey, sometimes it's best to remember that the things here in the world of the living are just as horrifying as those on the other side. I work at a small convenience store in a fairly small town in Kansas, and I've been on the overnight shift for what feels like forever. It's typically pretty busy, and most of you in the Midwest would know the place if I told you the name. Just know it's the one that sells that mediocre pizza that hits differently at the middle of the night. Anyways, I've worked at this particular location for several years, because I'm pretty much the only employee that doesn't have any children. I've had to work every single holiday that we've been open, 
including Christmas, Independence Day, and of course, Halloween. Honestly, I don't mind it. We typically aren't too busy on these days, but Halloween can be a bit of a hassle, because people like to walk into the store in full costume. This may not sound like a big deal, but people walking into a convenience store, a type of store that's well known for being robbed, with their face covered by a latex Freddy Krueger mask is not ideal situation. Because of this, when people would enter wearing their masks, I would politely ask them to take them off while they were in the store. Most people were okay with the request, though there were the odd few that would just ignore me and went on with getting their items. Annoying, sure, but there wasn't anything I could do about it. This whole situation actually took place on Halloween, obviously. It was a fairly standard night with a good number of people coming in, mostly out of costume until around 8, when all the costumed people started coming in. Then, business overall just kind of tapered off around 9.30, and there were only a few people coming in to buy soda, energy drinks, and various mixers for their parties. As the night went on, most people that came into the store in costume were cool with it when I asked them to remove their masks. A few of them just walked past me and ignored my requests, but again, nothing I could do to enforce the rule. So, I just let it go and kept my eyes on them as best as I could. Then, sometime around ten, a group of people walked in, all in costume. There were a few college-aged girls and a couple guys with them that were all talking rather loudly as they came in the door. They were all in costume, but only one of them had a mask that covered their face. It was a Jason Voorhees-style hockey mask with a cloth on the back that covered the person's hair, and they were wearing a mechanic's jumpsuit. Of course, it was all covered in fake blood and painted to look dirty, and it looked good, but... I was a bit nervous with the guy covering his face like that. As he walked by, I mentioned that I liked his costume, but I asked that he please remove his mask. Not to my surprise, he ignored me and walked back to the cooler section of the store. I shrugged it off, and figured that since he was with a group of at least four other people, he wasn't likely to do anything. I waited up at the register for them to finish up their browsing, and after about five minutes or so, the group of people came up to the register and bought an ungodly amount of Red Bull. I rang them up, they paid, and then left. Thankfully, it was a quick and painless transaction. It wasn't until they had all gotten outside that I realized the group that had checked out was only the ones without their masks. Mr. Voorhees didn't leave with them. This didn't quite rub me the right way, mostly because I had been banking on him being with the group of people as justification for being okay with him covering his face in the first place. My first thought, and again, I was trying to rationalize it and make it okay in my head, was that he had just gone back to the restroom and was probably going to exit the store after a few moments. 
Well, that few minutes passed, and still no Voorhees. There was a certain level of nervousness about the situation. I wasn't keen on being stuck behind the register with this guy doing god knows what in the small section behind me, mostly because I couldn't see anything in the area where he went, which was a really bad design flaw to these stores. Sure, there were cameras, but having a blind spot in a store like this was a really bad idea. I decided that my best course of action was to go ahead and make sure this guy wasn't loading a bunch of soda into his pockets or something. Thankfully, I was out of water, so I had an excuse to walk away from the counter for just a moment. So I stepped down from the raised area, and I took my cup back to the fountain to fill it. I slowly went around the corner towards the fountain, and glanced over toward the coolers. There was no one there. I walked over to the other side, and once again, no one. I was confused, but I just accepted that it was possible that he had walked out of the side door, and I just didn't notice at some point in time. I shrugged it off, and I went to fill my cup and then started my way back toward the register, which is the last thing I remember doing before then waking up to a paramedic asking me if I could hear him. I was incredibly confused as to why I was staring at the ceiling of the store, why this guy was asking me if I knew what year it was, and why the hell the back of my head was in so much pain. As it was explained to me, and then also later shown to me on the security footage, walking over to the fountain was a terrible idea. Apparently, Mr. Voorhees had remained in the store and was looking for me to do something to leave me vulnerable. In the footage, this guy seriously crept around the corner when I was filling my cup, and when I turned away to go back to the register, he smacked me in the back of the head with some kind of club. This guy had a clean shot of me, and he took it, completely knocking me unconscious. What's worse, watching the footage, this guy did this for seemingly no reason. After I was knocked unconscious... He just stood over me and stared at me without moving for several moments, and then walked away. He didn't take a single thing from the store. He just attacked me and walked off. Even crazier, he was the one that called 911 from the payphone outside. From what I was told, he called them and told them that the person in the store was unconscious on the ground and then hung up. From there, the paramedics arrived and, sure enough, found me on the floor. To the best of my knowledge, this guy was never found or arrested, and nobody has any idea of why this happened. The thought of what he could have done scares the hell out of me. But I guess I'm glad that he was just looking to knock someone out for fun, and not rob, or worse, murder someone... This was also the last shift that I closed alone, and we now have three people that work the overnight shift on Halloween. So this was a collection of true scary Halloween stories. 
Halloween is just around the corner, which is kind of a terrifying thought. It's literally a week and four days. That's what, 11 days? Holy crap. I have no idea where the hell this year went. Anyways, hopefully you enjoyed the video. If you did enjoy the video, please consider hitting that little thumbs up button. Helps the channel a ton. You can also do that little thing where you subscribe to the channel if you're new to these parts. If you're not new to these parts and you're already subscribed, welcome back and thank you. Always happy to have a repeat customer. That all said, if you want to support the channel a little more, you can do a comment, which helps the algorithm. Uh, you know, helps the algorithm see that my video is worth watching. Or you can hit join or go to my Patreon, where for a dollar a month you can get early access to content like this up to 24 hours early and more things depending on where you sit on the tiers of Patreon. Well, that's it, friends. I hope you're having a beautiful week so far. And I hope you're having a wonderful October so far. So far, my October has been quite okay. Nothing has happened yet. That's me knocking on my desk. Which is made of wood. It's not even pressed wood. This is actually board. My brother-in-law made it. It's uh, an old TV stand he made, and it works really well for a desk, so... Anyways, have a beautiful day, everyone. I will see you on the next video, but until then, sleep well.